Publisher Podcast, episode 48. Well, hello, everybody. Today, I am talking with new author Emily A. Myers, and she is one of my clients in full disclosure, but let me tell you, I have never seen an author go to work like she did on truly understanding everything that it takes to be a successful author, to market her book, to make sure her book was positioned well, to get reader feedback, all the things. When you're new to marketing a book, which most authors are not trained heavily in book marketing when they come into this world of being a writer, it's okay to make mistakes and to make adjustments and to make changes. And that's part of the reason that we are so big on having a long runway to that launch because you need time sometimes to get the feedback, to get uh, the information that allows you to make smart decisions on how to further your book marketing process. So I hope that you enjoy this interview. I hope you learn a lot from it. Um, I just know you'll love Emily. She's such a great spirit and is doing so many things. And she just notified me that her book has been added to a list of uh, pre-finalist finalists for a big book award. So we're anxious to see if she makes the cut to the next round. Um, her book, The Truth About Unspeakable Things, was one of the best reads I've read this year, to be quite honest. I truly enjoyed her writing style, um, the storyline, and I also want to give her a big shout out because she has been doing her work. She is ranking right now 176 in Southern United States fiction overall, which is just fantastic, and she's up to 138 reviews on Amazon, which is really amazing. I'm so proud of her and enjoy this interview. Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Because I've been where you've been And I felt what you're feeling And I don't want to get in your Welcome to another episode of the Publisher Podcast. I'm really pleased to bring you today Emily Myers, an author extraordinaire who has recently published her first book, The Truth About Unspeakable Things. So in this new author series, we like to just talk to the author about what happened, you know, what was publishing like for them, what things went well, what things were challenging, what things surprised them, what they've learned, and of course, what's been happening since the launch. Um, this book was a really fun project. We worked on her book through Write, Publish, Sell, and she's one of our star clients. It's really exciting to work with somebody who takes not only things that you suggest, but brings in her own ideas and energy and just to, in my opinion, blew her launch from her side out of the water um, and just did some really phenomenal things. So welcome, Emily. Thank you for being here. Yay. I'm so happy to be here. So let's talk about your book first. Tell everybody about The Truth of Unspeakable Things. The Truth About Unspeakable Things is a thriller with um, romance and true crime elements. It follows a young woman named Emma. She's a journalist in New Orleans and um, a breakup with her fiance goes badly. And that kind of uh, pushes Emma into a life that she never saw coming. 
and um, there is budding romance, there is violence and threats and danger and discovery. And all the while I feel like it's at its core, it's a woman's journey that just so happens to be amplified by these really extreme circumstances surrounding her. And it's, it's exciting and I'm proud to have written it. Oh, well, I'm proud of you too. Um, it's funny. I, I always do a final proofread of all of our clients' books before they go out, you know, before we finalize them up. And I had a really hard time um, doing a, a proofread because I just kept getting so lost in the story. Um, your writing is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. The descriptive, um, the way you describe things just like blew my mind, but the storyline was really it was a pleasure to sit down and read. And I often had to stop and go back and reread from a proofreading eye because I'd just gotten lost in the story I was reading. So that's a really good sign. Um, so you, you did really well. And I'm excited that you're working on the sequel to this book right now because everybody wants to know, like the, the ending was exciting and it's like, what happens next? <laughs> yeah, I am so excited to be working on a sequel. Um, I went back and forth with the idea for a long time of, you know, you know, it ends in a way that I think wraps things up. Mm -hmm. um, and so I didn't really want to mess with it. But at the same time, I was still feeling like there was more that could be explored. And I have had a lot of people, you know, want wanting a sequel. I actually did a book club appearance. Um, like a week or so ago, and they were asking about certain things that are going to be discovered in the sequel. So I'm definitely glad that I get to explore that more. Yeah, it's really fun. And the book is set in New Orleans, which in itself, I mean, setting, I think, in often can be a character of itself. But New Orleans is just so intriguing and the and the things that happen there and all of that. So that that in itself was fun. The the intrigue, the the twists and turns that you didn't expect. But I want to talk about um, in particular this idea of determining the genre, because yes. I think that this is something that first time authors, new authors struggle with really hard because picking a genre when you are an indie author in particular and you're relying heavily on advanced readers on reviewers on people like that to create the buzz around your book and you position your book out there as one thing um well, let's just talk about what happened what how, yeah. how, this process okay so um i will say that I'm going to talk about my experience, but I will say just in general, as an indie author, I kind of feel like Amazon has to be your basis for how you pick your genre, because that is primarily where in the U.S. Um, readers are going to read indie authors. They're mm -hmm. not necessarily going to find your book in the bookstore. So a lot of how you determine your genre is going to be based on those Amazon categories and niching it down and finding what makes your book specific um, and different. 
And so sometimes you may end up with a genre that you wouldn't have necessarily thought for yourself. And that's exactly what happened to me. Mm -hmm. So um, I did do a lot of research before deciding that my book would be considered women's fiction. Now I started this interview by saying this book is a thriller. So let me tell you how we got there. <laughs> um, women's fiction um, novels, follow a female protagonist through an experience that is specifically female. And um, they're, you know, kind of just like there are thrillers that have, say, romantic elements or mystery elements or even horror elements. There are types of women's fiction novels that have suspense elements or true crime <laughs> elements or romance elements. And so because at its core, my, my story is following Emma through this horrific um, experience that is not to say that it doesn't happen to men, but is something that you would typically associate with a female experience, which that is sexual assault. Um, it follows her through this experience from an emotional level, as well as a physical level of the types of conflict that happen throughout the novel. And the primary purpose of the novel is to see where Emma starts at the beginning and ends at the end. It's not necessarily the romance that is developing between her and this new guy. That romance is very important to the story and it kind of helps push Emma to realize that she needs to face what happened to her in order to be able to move forward. But the book is not a romance. Mm -hmm. And I knew that from the get-go. Um, but the women's fiction part of it just seems so obvious to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, as we had early reviews, um, there were mixed reviews. You know, obviously there were some people who loved it and they loved specific things about it. And then there were some people who would say things along the lines of, I'm not sure what this book is trying to be. Mm -hmm. Is it a survivor story? Is it a thriller? You know, is it a family drama? Um, and they would say, this book is entertaining, but I'm not sure if it should be. Obviously, given the very, you know, um, emotional and sensitive subject matter of a woman overcoming sexual assault. And so I was looking at the reviews and overwhelmingly, even the people who commented, you know, it's entertaining, but I'm not sure if it should be. They complimented the suspense, even mm -hmm. though they felt that it was out of place for a women's fiction novel. And so I kept looking through the reviews and everyone was complimenting the suspense, mm -hmm. the suspense, the thriller-like qualities. And so that is what made me decide, okay, I need to shift this and mm -hmm. I need to target this towards, you know, a thriller audience, but specifically a thriller audience that is also okay with romance in the novel and somewhat even romantic suspense. Now it is not traditionally, it's not what you would consider romantic suspense based on Amazon standards. Right. But, but some of those readers may still enjoy it because of the romance and certain, 
you know, sexiness that happens in the novel, they may still, you know, they may still enjoy it. So I made that marketing shift based on those early reviews. And since then, the reviews have been overwhelmingly positive. Um, And so it's very tricky because if you look at it from a genre standpoint, you know, it has the women's fiction characteristics. It has the romance characteristics. It has thriller characteristics. But the important part is what makes it different. And if the suspense is what people identify most with the novel, then it's a suspense novel. Yeah. Well, this is why I enjoy working with you so much because the, the reality is authors listening, like you have to know your genre or the expectations of a genre that you are going into. So it's, it's important that you do, when we talk about knowing your audience, when we talk about knowing the genres, it's important that you do this level of research. And this also illustrates why it is so important to get the book into early readers and to get those early reviews and feedback because it can make a tremendous impact. So we changed, you know, we, Emily decided to go into the thriller uh, category, which resulted in a change in the description and um, and how we were targeting readers as well. And all of those things made such a big difference. But if she had waited to the last minute to publish the book, it would have been a very different outcome. Or if we waited, sorry, waited to do, to get the book into the hands of people until closer to publishing date or hadn't been working um, through these reader sites and all that kind of stuff, it makes a big difference. Um, so it's something to really keep in mind, like as you're, as you're determining your marketing strategy, the themes of the book, the, the major way you're going with it, and also being willing to, to go with where the reader finds your book, because that's really at the end of the day, if you're trying to sell books, that's what makes the most difference is not what you want the book to be, but what the readers are finding the book to be so that you can show up in those places appropriately. It was a, it was a fun and exciting um, exercise to go through to really see, you know, um, this was our first time doing this genre. So we learned so much with you along in this process. Um, But, you know, it really, really, really will benefit you as the author to spend some time doing that deep dive research like you did, Emily, to know what is not just saying, is my book a women's fiction or I think it's a thriller or I think it's a romance, by the way, to be tradit to be classified as a romance, it must have a happily ever after. But just because there's a happily ever after doesn't necessarily mean that it's a romance. Absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, doing that, uh, that really, 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 really deep look at what your genre is researching, what happens generally in a genre to make it qualify that. And then I think your point about, uh, focusing on the Amazon categories is dead on because you're absolutely right. For most authors, indie published authors, your sales are going to come from Amazon in the beginning. Um, and you have to be positioned properly in Amazon or you just get lost. Absolutely. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. I said about <laughs> 10 different things there. So you probably had multiple thoughts going on in there. Um, well, if that, if you remember, we'll come back to it. Um, but I wanted to ask you, so you, I mean, you did a lot of work and research through the process. Um, I, I was very, very um, pleased. Um, I don't know if pleased is the right, right word or not, but I love how 
you, yes, it hurts when you read somebody say something negative about your book. It will always hurt no matter who you are. But what I love, and even yesterday you posted on your Instagram, a review that was a mixed review. There were things that she really liked, but there was constructive um, criticism in it. And I I love how you have always looked at your reviews in a very non-defensive manner and have said, how can I use this to make my book better, to make my next book better and to grow from it? Um, So kudos to you for that. And if you want to share any tips on how you can do that for authors, because it's hard when somebody criticizes your book. (laughs) Yeah, I will say like, and this was actually what I was going to say earlier, I I just remembered, is that no matter what you think of your book, you always have to get the reader's opinion. And not just five people or 10 people, like running that full art campaign. I mean, if we hadn't have done that, I would have published this book as women's fiction, and it it would have probably been a flop in that genre. And, And I will say, Two on that thread, you know, if your book isn't doing as well as you think, it might not necessarily be the book. It might be the positioning yes. and the marketing because like, for example, this book, I know while it had, you know, mixed reviews from the women's fiction audience, it's doing well in the thriller category. Mm-hmm. And I have not changed a word of the novel. Right. Right. And so I will say that. And as far as the reviews go, I mean, I really don't know where that comes from. I'm really glad that I have been able to handle the reviews and look at them from a constructive point mm-hmm. of view. And I think the thing um, to remember is that even the most famous authors who make millions and millions of dollars and have had their books turned into movies, they still receive one star reviews and two star reviews. And at the beginning of this process, I actually looked up like bad reviews of famous authors. And I went into it with that mindset of like, this book is a classic and it has one star and two star reviews. Every book is going to have some one star and two star reviews. And from the author's standpoint, I did read those in the beginning because I feel during the ARC process, those are the reviews and the three-star reviews that helped me figure out that this book was being wrongly positioned. But since the book has come out and since my positioning has changed, I don't read those reviews anymore because I know that my book is not going to be for everyone. And maybe those one and two star reviews are coming from people who the book really was not for. And I don't have to take that personally. So I read mostly the four and five star reviews now because I can still learn from them. It makes me feel good. And from a mindset standpoint, you have to be able to stay positive and confident about what you're doing. But I did happen to read that three-star review the other day and I really appreciated it because even though the reader came into the book thinking it would be something different, I don't know if maybe she maybe downloaded the book during the window where it was being positioned as women's fiction and just then got around to reading it. But she came into it with expectations that it would be more of a women's fiction novel. But even with that, 
you know, she had enough, you know, um, awareness, I would say, as a reviewer to realize that even though this book wasn't for her, it was still for someone. And I really appreciate those reviewers who can acknowledge that. Um, and she gave some constructive feedback. And that is something that I posted to my Instagram because it gave me the opportunity to talk about this situation um, and yeah. how the positioning and the marketing can make or break your launch. It's something that is not talked about enough, I think, in indie marketing circles, um, it, because uh, it's something that we don't necessarily have to dig as deep into on nonfiction books because nonfiction books come in like there's either a skill that they want to learn, a, a thing that they want to heal, you know, something that they want specific that they want to, a pain point that they're trying to solve or get from or learn, right? With fiction, it's an incredibly important thing for you to be educated on and to spend time on because readers and you if you think about yourself as a reader now I'm kind of a I'm I'm not a good example because I'm a mixed genre like I'll read anything that entertains me like I'm not a diehard this genre this genre, but I know readers who are very diehard readers in a certain genre they are used to what happens in those genres like like you said, when you were describing it, when we had it positioned as women's fiction, how people were coming back because they expect a certain type of story, a certain certain um, um, a flow, you know, how the story's going to go, the tropes or whatever you want to say, like they expect the, the development of the story to go in a certain way. And for those types of readers, it was confusing. But once it was positioned for the type of, of, of reader who, who are expecting more of a thriller type of, of book, they were much happier. So I can't, I know we've said the same thing now about four times between the two of us, but the reason I keep repeating it is because this is your important homework after this is to think about where you think your book is positioned in terms of primary genre. Then go out and start looking at other books in that genre, how they're described, how people are reviewing them, what people are saying that about them, um, and see if your book still fits in the, and Google it. You know, if you're trying to write a, a, a romance fiction, I mean, a romance a thriller as their thriller romance, <laughs> a thriller with romance, suspense yeah. with romance, any of those, do some Googling, go out there and see what, what it means to be in there and see if that matches your book. And if it doesn't, find something else or, or meet with someone or hire a consultant who does positioning, you know, do these types of things because it makes all the difference in the world and how your book sales and how your reviews go. And like on that note, um, I would say romance and suspense are two very general terms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as an author, as a reader, you don't often think, okay, romantic suspense, romantic thriller, uh, suspense romance, right. thriller romance. You don't look at that on paper and think, oh my gosh, it's this big difference. Right. But it, but it actually is right. a big difference. And you have to, you know, as far as like the romance coming first, you know, I talked about how the book is a thriller first. And the reason for that is romance readers, and I love them. I am one of them. <laughs> I love reading romantic suspense. But romance readers are probably the pickiest readers <laughs> because they expect 
certain things. It doesn't yes. matter if this if this same exact plot line has happened 50 times, it does not matter right. because that is what they want. Right. And if your book doesn't fit in like 100% that genre, as in if you did not go into your writing process following the plot yes. structure of yes. a romance, it's probably not a romance first. Yes. yes. And, you know, for example, there's science fiction books that have romance in them. Right. So just because your book has romance in it doesn't make it a romance. And in my case, um, you know, the happily ever after, the happily ever after for now, that did happen in my book, but that also did not make it a romance. Right. And, and the other thing that I'll say is that as you go through the early reviews, I would ask your beta readers, you know, ask the ARC readers if you can, what did you remember most about the book? What stood out to you the most? Because, you know, if they're saying the romance or if they're saying the suspense, you know, those are the things to pay attention to. Yeah, no, it's so true. I'm working on a romance right now and I have learned a lot about story structure, about tropes, about reader expectations, about what has to happen. And the and, and one of the biggest things that uh, my coach has helped me see is that no matter what else is happening in the book, yes, you can have character development. Yes, you can have fun things happening. Yes, you can have the romance has to be the primary focus of the entire book. And mm -hmm. that's what really makes a romance different from like, whereas it wasn't the entire focus of your book. It was a fun additional piece. We all love Julian. <laughs> we, we were all rooting for him from the get-go, but that was not the focus of your book. So I think we've beat that one down enough, but it's really, really, really important. And it makes, it makes a big difference in, in the positioning is one of the most important things you can spend time on as an author getting as developed, as educated as you want, because even if you're working with a marketing company, not all, not everybody is an expert in every single subgenre. So there's book marketing tactics that across the board can be applied, but then there's that deeper level, like getting really down into it. And for me, I think that's something that the author has to be knowledgeable about and has to be guiding um, because a book marketing company can't know everything about every genre, unless they, unless they hyper-focus on a particular genre. So kudos to you for taking that on. I appreciate all the stuff that you brought to us in that process and um, helped us grow as a company as well. And, and, and really, I mean, it, it, I, I see that as you get ready to do your second book, knowing what you know now is going to set it up for so much of a better success from, from the get-go. Um, also having a second book out there and, and getting yourself out there and showing up at the, at the Nashville um, Thriller mm -hmm. Authors Festival and, and positioning yourself as an author in those key places as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would definitely recommend going to conferences face to face um, if you have that opportunity, um, especially in your genre, because you're going to learn a lot, but you're also going to meet other people yeah. who write in those genres. And, and that was the best part about the Killer Nashville conference was getting to meet other thriller writers and also learning that just like romance is such a vast genre, the mystery thriller suspense genre mm -hmm. is also so vast with so many different types of yeah. mystery thriller suspense. Yeah.
All right. Well, when do you anticipate your second book will be getting out there? I am shooting for a May, June uh, 2022 launch. I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping by summer of next yeah. year, it'll be out. And I am definitely so excited for it. And um, definitely going into it now with the mindset of this is a thriller mm -hmm. with romance and true crime elements. And this book is going to be that to a T and it is more suspenseful, more exciting than the first book. And yeah. I am just, I'm so excited for it. Oh, we're excited too. Everybody go check out The Truth About Unspeakable Things available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Um, but if you if you have read it or read it, please make sure that you go back and leave your review because reviews are a very important part of the process for authors. And I just, I'm, I'm so glad that we've had the opportunity to work with you and be a part of this journey and just congratulations for your success so far. Thank you so much. And thank y'all for all of your help. It was amazing working with your team. You don't have to give me your heart. You don't have to give it away. You don't gotta love me. Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.